0: Okay, so I wanted to discuss Halacha today. Um, and um, one of the things that hopefully we're going to see um, probably not news to anybody here. We've been doing this class for many years, and I'm sure we've had other situations and other encounters with this principle. Sometimes you see the Halacha, you read it in whichever book you're reading it, and then once you delve a little bit deeper and go into the source, for the halacha, for the halacha, <laughs> suddenly a whole new meaning um, and clarity comes to light.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I heard a story last night about um, about Rashi and the you Rebbein know, Tom was on his lap, and uh, the Rebbein
0: Tom took off the spillage and those that to be a Ma'alek. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Actually, today's class isn't really connected to um, the Machlechus between Rashi and Medetam. Well, it's connected, but it, it's, we'll see. Um, we've actually discussed the Machlechus Rashi and Medetam, and we did a few classes on that a few months ago. And they are all on uh, the podcast and on YouTube and available to review. Um, but there is a, I think I'll call it a myth out there, now, there may be a difference between Rashi and Merutam in the placement of the tefillin. And I'll show you where the myth comes from, and then hopefully we'll be able to um, debunk it as well. Okay, so in Shulchan Aruch, in chapter 27, in the Alter Shulchan Aruch, it's in Sif 18, Sif Yudches, it says as follows. One must position the cube, the kitzitzah, right, the, the box of the tfilin at the midpoint of the width of the head i.e. aligned with the space in between the eyes. Um, for this reason, it is desirable that the knot of the head be positioned high on the neck. A little bit ambiguous as parentheses, but I think what that means is that if you make the knot and the fillin sort of um, 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 no opposite each other, like, yes. and then it's easy to feel that your knot is exactly in the middle because you could feel where the middle of your neck is. So then you could assume that the the, the head fillet is aligned. I think what that's what that parentheses mean. Um, basically, the Torah says to place the fillet in between your eyes. Obviously, we know we don't put the fillet on our nose in between our eyes. We put it on our head. It should be aligned with the space in between the eyes, which um, means he says it's in the middle, midpoint of the width of the head. So if some for some reason, somebody's eyes are misaligned or something like that. I don't think it means that we're measuring from pupil to pupil like you do when you get an, an eye exam and they tell you your, your, your PD, if you have ordered glasses online, you have to put in your, yeah. Um, it means the middle of the width of the head. Um, this is what it says in Shulchan Aruch. This is, there's nothing new here from the altar ever. Now, in his Piske HaSidr, in now, Pisgah Siddur is the Alter Rebbe Siddur, which in which he writes relevant halachas. The Alter Rebbe emphasizes, one second, I'm not sure. Yeah, I am. Can you guys see the screen? I should share, that, but I'm not sharing the screen on the Zoom, which would mean it's not going to come on the recording. Sorry about that. There we go. Right? Um, so here's the halacha Now, here in the footnote, they write it as follows. Um, in his Biskasid, the treb emphasizes that it has to be at the midpoint, at the exact midpoint of the width of the head. mr. 2736 27:36 adds that according to many authorities, the head filling is not situated exactly at the midpoint of the, the mitzvah, has not been fulfilled. Right? So we'll see soon the, the Lashon of the treb in this either. Um, and he brings in mr. because the Mishnahbura doesn't. The, in other words, like this, when it says in Shulchan Archa that it have to be aligned with the, the, the space between your eyes, how exact does it have to be? Does it have to be exactly to the millimeter in the middle? What if it's a little bit off? There, I mean, you could read it either way. It has to be aligned with that space or it has to be exactly the millimeter. Um, the Mishnu Beru doesn't really get into that much detail. He just says, he says, um, I think he says, if I recall correctly, I don't have it in front of me, if I recall Steve,
1: can I trouble you
0: for the tissues? Um, <laughs> if I recall correctly the Mishnah Buddha says Sarich Lizar Busem Oi, you have to be very careful about it implying perhaps that you have to really pay attention right because if you were just if you were just putting it in the general area of the line between your eyes then why would you have to be so careful about it right so the Mishra Buddha's does imply that it means exact but he's not so explicit about it but the Alter Rebbe in the Siddur says that it has to be exact exactly the midpoint between your eyes now how how crazy do you have to go so let's see what he says over here. The correct position is commonly checked with the aid of a mirror or a friend. The Rebbe notes that the Altarebbe would use the shiny lid of a snuffbox for the purpose and draws an instructive conclusion from this circumstance. So there's a famous story, which we're going to note something about in a minute, but it's a famous story, and you've probably heard it before, that somebody gave the Altarebbe a snuffbox, um, which had a, uh, I think here it says it was a wooden box with a silver lid. And the Altarebbe commented um, that uh, there's one, in the body there's one sen- bodily sensation which is not born to crave um, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't naturally crave sen- fulfillment and, and lust and that is the nose and and you, even the nose you want to sort of uh, indoctrinate into uh, pleasure seeking and so the altar took this lid of the stuff box which was there for indulgence and Transformed it by removing the lid and using it as a mirror for his tefillin. Now, using a mirror, even though to us it seems like the most, it may seem like the most mundane activity, is actually machloekahs whether or not it's permissible for a man to use a mirror. Is using a mirror a violation of the yilbosh Simnus Isha for a man to um, do? A, a feminine behavior. I think nowadays it would be very difficult to make a halachic argument that it's strictly forbidden for men to use a mirror, because I, I think the vast majority of men do. Um, so it's, that sort of changes the reality. However, amongst many great tzaddikim and chesidish rabbis, there was a very strong aversion to using a mirror, and using a mirror for checking your tefillin was almost like uh, taking a, uh, a pig into the in base of mikdash, you know, that was revolting. So, obviously, that was not the author of approach, and I think it's very much a, um, sort of fitting with the Chabad approach of Tirupit of using everything mundane thing for holiness. But yet, by other Hasidim, they're very strict about not using a mirror for the Tvillim. And uh, I have had the experience where I was in a certain shul and I would pull out my tefillin to check, my mirror to check my tefillin and I was trying to be discreet about it, but somebody noticed and he came running over to me, no mirrors in this shul. Um, so um, now, what about the tefillin, hold on. So there's a very famous tshuva from the Divrei Chaim, the Tzanzarov, but the Tzanzarov, he is of the opinion that, and I have to confess that I have not, at least recently, not in preparation of this class, did not have a chance to look up the tshuva inside. So I don't remember the exact uh, I don't remember the details, but the Tanzarov is of their opinion that the trillin do not have to be exactly aligned with the middle, they have to be in that area. It doesn't have to be exactly aligned. And if you don't trillin don't have to be exactly aligned, then there's no need to use a mirror. You just, yeah, are here, that's fine. Um of course, um, those uh who are yeah, the, 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 this does have propensity for OCD, right? How, how exact could it be down to the millimeter, down to the second? And in the letter, which they're kind of referring vaguely referencing over here, the rabbi says, You ask somebody, ask somebody, are my tefillin straight? And if he tells you he's tefillin straight, then he's a kosher Jew. We assume you're HX mm-hmm. and they're straight. Um, and then that's it. You rely on that. Now, of course, if your tefillin are not straight for the whole duration of wearing them, doesn't matter as long as they were straight, as long as they were, let me say straight, as long as they were in the middle for an instant. Then for that instant, you fulfill the mitzvah of tefillin. Of course, the preference is that you wear the tefillin properly for the duration of daveni. And therefore, it's appropriate before you say the Shema, before you say the Amida, but you straighten yourself up, straighten your tefillin and make sure, you know, they could slip around depending on the length of your hair, how tight they are, the size, all the different, the, 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 the texture, how worn out the straps are, whatever the various different variables. So you want to make sure so they can move around. You want to make sure as much as possible they're straight. I have also seen some people, and I, I tried to do this myself. I don't know if I try to. It's just a habit that before I take off my tulin, I'll move them sideways a little bit like this. Even if I got them wrong while I'm moving them right and left, um, they're going to pass through the center stage. And uh, <laughs> um, they'll, they'll be in the right spot for a moment. Um, so just to recap, you wanted to ask something, Dan?
1: What do they do when you take your initials them?
0: So I think that in the shuls where you don't have mirrors for the mo- most of the people in those shuls on, don't follow the opinion that they don't have to be exactly straight.
1: So, so they just get it back to me. Mm-hmm.
0: To this yeah, and that they, they hold that it doesn't have to be exactly in the middle. Um, okay, so just to summarize, so far what we've seen is the says that the tefillin have to be in, the, um, in between the width of the head, and the reason is connected by nine. The Torah says that the pasuk says that the tefillin have to be in between your eyes, so that's the reason. Now, in the new Shulchan Aruch, well, in the new Alta Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, so in the footnote, over here, it says um, that in the Siddur, the adds another reason. So here, so far, the reason why they have to be in the middle is um, to fulfill the verse, that it should be between your eyes. It says in the Siddur, the adds another reason. And because of that reason, he says, it has to be exactly in between your eyes. So the way the compiler or the editor of this print is understanding it, is that there's two reasons why the tool have to be in between your eyes. One is, like we just said, the POSIX says in between your eyes. One is another reason, which we'll see. And because of that other reason, it has to be exactly in between your eyes. If it was just, because the POSIX says, I again, this is the way Rabbi Levin is understanding this. Yeah, that if it would just say bina Naim, so then as long as it's approximately in that spot, it's okay. But there's an additional reason in the Siddur, and that reason dictates that it has to be exactly in the middle. Um, what does it actually say in the Siddur? So in the Siddur, it says as follows. Now, if you look, hold on. look at this picture over here. The Tfilin of Rashi, right? Um, ignore the one on the right, there Rebbeinu Tam. Let's just look at the Rashi for now. Um, this is the four parshas of Tfilin, Exodus 13.1, Exodus thirteen eleven. That's known as Kadesh and Rai And then we go into Deuteronomy six, Deuteronomy eleven. Again, this is in the order that they are written in the Torah, in sort of yeah one, two, three, four. Now, the Gemara says in Menachos that when you put the passages into the Talmud, and this is this is the Gemara, which is the different way, the the two ways of reading this Gemara are what bring to the machlokes between Rashi Armin, and Taham, But the words of the Gemara are um, that you put Kadesh and Vahoyah on the right, Shema Shema on the left, and you put Shema Shema on the left side. And then the Altarabah says the following words. So he quotes his Gemara, then he says, Ovi Tefillin the Rashi, and Rashi tfillin. is considered on where the paragraphs, the passages of the Torah are placed in, in their order, in the order of one, two, three, four. There is only a, how do you say, a tiny moment in space, a a tiny, sorry, a tiny fraction, a tiny space in between the second and the third, namely, the width of this um, uh, groove in between the second and the third paragraph, right? The Gemara says you put paragraphs one and two on the right, Paragraphs 3 and 4 on the left. The difference between the right and the left is this tiny little groove in between. And therefore, you have to be very careful that it should be because if you're off by more than the width of this groove, then you will no longer have be fulfilling this Gemara of two on the right and two on the left. Now, again, as you see, Rabbi Levin, or whoever, Alishvili, the compilers of this version of the Shulchan Aruch, and many others over the years, I heard this in Yeshiva, this, is a, this was always sort of a discussion. That there's two reasons here. The Shulchan Aruch says the reason that it has to be between your eyes, and according to that reason, perhaps it doesn't need to be exact. But then there's another reason that we need to have Kaddish um, on the right hand side and Shema on the left side. In order to do that, there's only that fraction of a millimeter in between them. Now, if you understand it this way, um, you may come away with the, mis- with, the, with, the, with the idea, as many have, that therefore, only Rashi's Tfilin have to be exactly in the middle. I mean, the Thomas and don't. Because, Dalte Rebbe says, of it's tefillin, the Rashi. First of all, if you don't read Al Rebbe, and tefillin, the Rashi, it, th- there's only a fraction of a millimeter, so it's, it would imp- imply that only, only the Rashi told have to be exactly in the middle. If you want to delve in a little bit deeper, and I over my years in yeshiva, I heard people say this, that the point is that you need to have Vahoyah on the right and Shema on the left. Now, if you look, so those are paragraphs two and three. According to Rashi, there's only a fraction of a millimeter in between paragraphs two and three. According to Rabbi if you look over here, there is this whole space, which uh, that's, you know, that's already, even on small 12 and it's gonna be, um, I don't know, half a centimeter or so. Yeah, there's, there's some space because you have two over here and you have three over there and there's a whole width of paragraph four in between them, right? So people have said that Remain Thomas don't have to be exactly in the middle, but they do have, they can't be at all too, I'm trying to place this now in my head, you have one, two, four, three, right? So they can be a little bit off to the left, but they can't be off to the right. Because if it would be off to the right. Um, you 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 wouldn't have two and four and three on either side of your head. Um, but if it was off, if it was if it was misaligned toward the left a little bit, then it would be okay. That's what people said. Um, okay. I want to delve a little bit deeper. I'm gonna into the, the source material over here, and we'll see that actually that's completely misunderstanding the point over here. And um, in fact, this Gemara, which says that when you place the passages into your into the tefillin, um, is not talking about the placement of the tefillin on your head. That's not the discussion in the Gemara. So it would be strange that oh, there's another reason why the tefillin have to be in the middle because the the Gemara in describing the inserting of the passages says put one, two, three, four, like it's that's not the subject at hand um, And we'll see that um, and so be, why should, I mean why should that why should why would I assume that a Gemara that's not even talking about the placement of the tillin would be inventing a new reason why the tillin has to be in the middle? It's, it seems strange. What makes would make more sense to suggest is and which is what I am going to suggest is that this gemara is, teaching me, not, not that this is the point of the Gemara, but if you read the Gemara carefully you will see that according to Rashi um, it is clear from this Gemara that when the Torah says nayim, the very same reason that the Shulchan Aruch was talking about, that when the Torah says you have to put the tefillin in between your eyes it doesn't mean approximately, it means exactly
1: mean,
0: exactly exactly, and precisely in between your eyes. And there's no reason at all to assume that time would hold any different, because there is no other reason. It's called a gili milsa. It's just telling me, it just, it's just a, a, a further, a proof, basically, that when the Torah says that, the same reason that the Shukunara is talking about, that the Torah says, put it in between your eyes, that those words have to be understood to be precisely in between your eyes. Okay, let's see the Gemara. Um, the Gemara says like this, you know what? I'll put the text on the screen for those here or on the video who might want to see it. Okay, I'm actually going to actually just read the Gemara as the Rosh quotes it. What is the order of the passages in the Tilin? The paragraphs one and two go on the right, um, and the paragraphs three and four go on the left. Frank the Gemara we had another Breisa which said the other way around that Kaddish um, go on the left and go on the right. It all depends what, what your perspective is. As far as I'm concerned, this is right and this is left. But as far as all of you are concerned, this is right and this is left. So that's okay. Pirashashi. Mukta translates this Gemara to mean very simple. One, two, three, four. That's the order you put them in. One and and in other words, one and two on the right, three and four on the, on the left. Simple. Hilka Hadukhtani Khaj uh okay. Bukashabinatam. I might shinus me minus says This is a strange way of talking to say put one and two on the right put three and four on the left. The more, a a better way to communicate that would have been to the Brai's to say you put one on the right and the rest on the left, or three on the right and the last one on the left. Saying that you put two on the right and two on the left is confusing to Rabbeinatah. And he says, we find this, he brings present, famously from the name Haravi. again, we went through this a few months ago in the class, so I'm just going to go through it briefly, where the Gemara talks about the placement of the menorah. And this is the opinion that the menorah, you can barely see it over here, but that's the menorah. Um, and sorry, this is the menorah here. Um, and um, the, the, so this diagram has the menorah um, north to south, Right. So you could see, sort of, if you can make out the blurry picture over here, um, that's the picture of the menorah. But according to the opinion which Ravina is describing here, that the menorah was, was, had the seven branches placed um, east to west. Right, so west is here in the back. This is east. So the Gemara talks about the the ner ma'aravi, the western lamp, and that the ner ma'aravi was l'fnei Hashem. Now, which which lamps of the menorah are considered on the west? We don't say that the first three or four are considered in the West, only the first one is the West, and all the others are the East. So not, the point that i is, is trying to make, let's not, not get too distracted by the uh, specifics of the menorah, the point is that the way the Gemara speaks is when you want to differentiate between right and left, or East and West, we say one and the rest. That's the Gemara's way of talking. And so if the Gemara, if, according to Cesar Beirut-Tan, if the Gemara wanted to tell me to do one, two, three, four. What it should have told me is put in the first one on the right and all the rest on the left. Or put in the first three on the right and the last one on the left. Not two on the right and two on the left. Two on the right and two on the left is confusing. It says, therefore, I'm going to tell you. Um, I'm skipping, I'm doing this a little bit out of order here. That we, we're talking here When time says, we're talking here about how you place them into the, into the fill-in. one, two, starting from the right, and three, four, starting from the left, and that's why the Gemara splits them into two and two, and hence Rabbeinu Tam comes out with his conclusion that it's one, two over here, and then three, four starts from the other side. So I started from the right by placing in parchments one and two, and then I move to the other side and I start from the left by the placement of three and four. Right? That's why that, that's how Ben Thomas comes up with this formulation, which we would just see as one, two, four, three, because two from the right, starting from the right one, two, and two starting from the other extreme from the left three, four. Okay. So far so good. Says the Rosh, and this is the line I skipped. Yes, the trace so, 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 the Rasha is coming to answer Rashi from Rabbi Notam's attack. But in Tam attacks, questions Rashi that uh, how could you explain this Gemara to mean one, two, three, four? Why would the Gemara say two and two? It should have said one and three. So, the Rosh, no, very simple. Rabbi Tam understands that we're talking here about the filling and the right means the right-hand side of the tefillin, and the left means the left side of the tefillin. And so he's disturbed, why do we split it two and two? And therefore he comes up with this thing that it's one, two, placement on this side, turn around, you turn, three, four from that side. Rashi says, no. Because the tefillin are in the middle of your head, right doesn't mean the right of the tefillin, right means the right of the person. That the two two on the right and two on the left means that there are two on my, on the right-hand side, and the right half of my body. And two on the left means that there are two parashires on the left of my body. And so, after all is said and done, when the Gemara says, the Braisa, that you put the parashires, two on the right and two on the left, the right of what? And the left of what? A time reads the Gemara as saying, Two on the right of the tefillin and two on the left of the tefillin? Rashi reads the Gemara as saying, Two on the right of my head and two on the left of my head. Everyone got that so far? Now, as I mentioned before, Rashi and Tam or this Gemara are not talking about where to put the tefillin. They're talking about how to insert the four pieces of parchment into the tefillin. But it so happens that according to Rashi, it emerges that it's obvious that the tefillin have to be exactly, precisely in the, that, in the middle of your eyes, in between your eyes, in the middle of your head. Because otherwise, it would not be true to say that two are in the right of my head and two are in the left of my head. The only way that could be true is if you're putting them precisely in the middle. This is not a new reason for the tefillin to be in the middle of your eyes. This is, this is the same reason that the Torah says put them between your eyes. It's just been demonstrated that Rashi reads that precisely. And there's no reason to assume that and Tam would hold any different. But, Rabbi Tam is just saying that. This Gemara is not talking about it. But if I know that the Torah says put it in between your eyes, and Rashi says it means precisely, and Rabbi doesn't say anything, why would he assume that Rabbi is different than Rashi? Of course Rabbi agrees that it means precisely. Why does the Alter Rebbe say that according to Rashi they have to be in the middle? He doesn't say that according to Rashi they have to be in the middle. All he's saying is that my proof is only from the way Rashi reads the Gemara. Let's look again at the words of the Alter Rebbe and the Siddha. You have to be careful that they should be precisely in the middle of your head. Because the Gemara says that you have to have Kaddish well, on the right and Shema on the left. And in it's filling the according in its filling of Rashi, where the Pashis is considered, the difference is only a fraction. And how does Rashi understand the Gemara? The right and the left of the head, and the difference is only a fraction. So it must be exactly, precisely in the middle, right? By just reading the Al Rebbe, you can misunderstand this. But once you read in the sources and you see the context of the Gemara and the way Rashi translates the Gemara and the translates the Gemara, it becomes um, obvious, plainly obvious that there's no difference in the, the, the two things. There's no difference between Rashi and Rantam. And that the reason I'm putting it precisely in the middle is not so that, Kadish should be on one side of my nose and Mahayuk Shema on the other side of my nose and therefore according you could say, oh, you have a bit of Liru. No, that's not the reason I'm putting it. The reason I'm putting it is because the Torah says to put it in between your eyes. According to Rashi, that the, yeah, that, that the difference is, uh, according, uh, according to Rashi, where the difference is only a Mashu, and he says that the Gemara means the right of your head and the if you had it must mean that Rashi understood it to be precisely. And again, there's no reason to assume the beta time is different. Hold on. what one second there one second.
1: <laughs> so, uh, just yes. Autographs and mirrors give you a reverse image. And also in the theater, when we talk about stage right and stage left, which is right and which is left, when the audience is looking toward you, or is it when you're on the stage and looking out at the audience? So I think it makes a lot of sense to say that Rashi um, and the reason for why doing it is exactly what you're saying—that it should be precisely in uh, between the eyes. Uh, otherwise, if you look at the Hamodia or any newspaper, could say from right to left or left to right, and then you get letters saying, well, my father is in the photograph, and that's the wrong one, that's circled." So uh, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yes, I'm glad that your newspaper of choice is the Hamadiyah. (laughs) Um, Okay, one more thing I'll point out also is that even if you would somehow argue that everybody in town does disagree, um, and he doesn't hold that it has to be in the middle, that would be irrelevant to us, because when we put on Rabbeinu-Thomas in, we're not saying that we're putting on Tefillin now according to rabbeinu Tam, right? We don't say that you could put them on after sunset, because rabbeinu Tom has a later, right? From all familiar people, Rabbeinu-Thomas man, rabbeinu Tom has a later opinion about what's considered night. Right? We don't say, oh, you could put them on in the first period of the night, because according to rabbeinu Tom, it's still daytime, right? Mm-hmm. We're just saying that we're putting on Rabbeinu-Thomas Tefillin, we're doing... To fill in to, according to the opinion that the order of the parishes is one two four three and not one two three four, but we're not doing this according to everything Rambam has to say, and therefore even if you would make the argument that for some reason Rambam holds that the 1000000000000 don't need to be precise, but we would still pass like Rashi that that does need to be precise. So even even while you're putting on a minute I'll point out another two very interesting things, and we'll finish here. Um, Number one is the Ketzeh HaShulchan. Ketzeh HaShulchan, we've mentioned him before, Reb Chaim Noe, very prominent Chabad Pesach, And um, he wrote, uh, in fact, a friend of mine was recently arguing with me that we do the Ketzeh HaShulchan class on Monday night. He said, I should instead of learning Ketzeh HaShulchan we should learn Ketzeh HaShulchan, which is Reb Chaim Noeh's Ketzeh which is much more al- aligned with Alter altar Rebbe, etc. And uh, the main reason I don't do it is because Ketzeh HaShulchan we have in English, you can read in the English. Whereas Shulchan we can't, but uh, anyway, maybe he'll still convince me, or maybe you guys will convince me. Uh, but, uh, um, but in the Kserisah um, Shulchan, he makes it clear that he understands this to be one and the same. That there's no, it's not, there's two different things going on, one in the Shulchan Arach and one in the Siddur, because he says that you have to be careful that the tefillah should be exactly, precisely in the, in the middle of the head in order that it be Beinah I Naim. So you see, he puts those two things together and he references the Siddur. <coughs> There's no difference whatsoever. And finally, we <coughs> mentioned before that um, other chassidim who are have an aversion to using a mirror for tefillin, and that they follow the opinion that uh, the tefillin don't need to be in the middle, which is not like the of opinion. And it's not—I not I don't, I think it's, not, it's a chiddush. In other words, I think the norm, the norm so to speak, the traditionally norm is that they do have to be exactly in the middle, and I believe that. Um, it's not a Chabad thing. I think if you go, yeah, in and, and, and shirt, sure, I think people, you, people have mirrors, right? Why are people checking in a mirror? If it doesn't have to be exactly in the middle, then there's no need to look in a mirror. Um, but uh, but um, but, the Alter Rebbe did have a mirror. In the story with the snuff box. Now we always knew the story of the snuff box. The Rebbe spoke about it many times. It was in the Kutisiches, etc. However, um, one detail of the story that came to light was. That when, after when they discovered and published the Rebbe's the Roshimus notes, the, the Rebbe records the story over there. and It says as follows: I'll scroll down so we can see it on the screen. This is, it's part of the uh, when the Rebbe was um, uh, in jail, I think. And it says, and he started putting on his Rabbein Atamist Filin, and when he put in, the head, when you he put on the head fill in of Rabbeinu Tams, he looked, he looked at the, he stared, or looked at the cover of a silver box to see if the heads fill in are in precise position. And he, he turned his head both ways to, to look properly. So the detail here that's added that I don't think we were aware of before was that the Alt-Rebbe used the mirror, for his Rabbeinu Thomas Tefillin as well. So, again, we see from the the Rebbe's personal conduct, that um, he was careful with his Rabbeinu Thomas to make sure that they were precisely in the middle as well. And uh, we should all wear a Rabbeinu Thomas and we should all make sure that they're precisely in the middle. And um, Hashem should have nachas from everything we do. Any questions? All right.